you know, I look at it now and think this life would have been much easier if I would have learned all these tips and tricks and hacks and things when I was younger. But you don't expect to just wake up one morning and just feel like a completely different person. Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 201 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter over at tracyotsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. In the thousands of ADHD women that I've had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something. So for all of these reasons, I am just delighted to introduce you to Amanda Smith. Amanda Smith was born and raised in Ohio with a brief hiatus, 10 years, in Alabama. She has her undergraduate degree in accounting business with minors in peace and leadership and an MBA. She now works as an IRS auditor, ADHD, and IRS auditor. That makes me laugh, but we'll find out all about that. Amanda has two dogs and three hedgehogs, and is a lover of all things crafty, meaning sewing, embroidery, painting, decoupage, needle felting, and anything DIY. Amanda, did I get that right? You did. Okay, so Amanda and I met, I think we met through uh, Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, my program, right? Yes, ma'am. And I don't know what happened, but she is just such a delight, and I so appreciate, well, we're, we'll talk about what Amanda's story is in a bit, but the tenacity that you have and just the empathy and the kind joy, you're always posting inspiring things in our, um, once you graduate from AOK, we have another group called the AOK Agency and you're always in there. You're always inspiring us. And so I absolutely wanted Amanda to come here and tell you her story. We sort of become friends, Amanda. We're talking all the time, it seems. We have. We have very often. So tell me, tell me about your ADHD diagnoses. So 
as you know, I am not your typical ADHD brain. In 2017, my brain just didn't seem to function on all cylinders. I loved my job as an IRS agent. I uh, never had any problem with it. And all of a sudden, I started not being able to remember things and couldn't remember, you know, what a Schedule C was versus a C Corp and all kinds of different, you know, tax laws. So, Amanda, did you lose your job with the IRS because of that? I did not. Okay. okay. Thankfully, um, during the process, I was able to find out that I had a mess. So multiple sclerosis, which is lesions on the brain, mm -hmm. caused by your own immune system. So my immune system decided, you know, instead of like a type 1 diabetic where it attacks your pancreas, mine attacked my brain. Ugh. So I have all these little lesions on my brain that one just happened to be in the same location that most people have chemical imbalance that causes the ADHD. The part of your brain that is being attacked, or at least one part of your brain, is that the prefrontal cortex? It is. Okay. So I do have a lesion on the prefrontal cortex, mm -hmm. which caused sudden onset ADHD uh, with working memory and cognitive impairment. Okay. Because that's where our executive functions are basically exactly. coming from. Okay. And that was one of the things they looked at was executive function deficiency, which isn't really a thing. <laughs> It's not like an actual diagnosis, from my understanding. Uh, mm -hmm. Every time I asked about it or came across it, they would say, oh, that's ADHD thing. You, you know, you could be ADHD. Yeah. But I'm 32. Like, this isn't, this isn't how I was born. This isn't mm -hmm. how I've operated for 32 years of my life. And so once I got the MS diagnosis, it, things just... I call it my my life snow globe got kicked down the stairs. You know, everything had its place. And then all of a sudden, everything just started floating. <laughs> Nothing really had its place. Nothing made sense. I couldn't keep things in place. I couldn't think. Mm -hmm. It really was just like somebody had taken a snow globe and thrown it. Once I explained that to... I finally found a therapist that understood her daughter was going through the same thing and her agency um, tested me and I walked in and they said, oh, what do you do for a living? And so I told them and they said, oh, that explains it. So the entire time they were reviewing my um, diagnostics from the ADHD testing, all I'm thinking about was why my background has anything to do with being ADHD or whatever these results say. So I get to the end and I'm like, okay, so tell me what, what does this mean? Because mm -hmm. I didn't hear a thing you said. And she said, well, I see the planners. I see the color coding. I see all the pretty things. This explains your education and background. You are trained to look for what's missing. So whether people steal money, whether they... Um, hide mm. things, whether they get cash and aren't paying their groceries, which you would normally see coming out of a checking account, you took the pieces that you're missing and figured out how to mitigate that and just stick like all these little controls in where all your pieces were missing. 
She's like, this was why you haven't fallen on your face and look like an idiot. You have fixed everything I would have told you how to fix. Yet I still feel mm -hmm. like a failure. <laughs> uh, so what she said is that, well, I know this. So why don't you explain what was going on in your brain that now they're thinking, oh, it's also ADHD. So in the frontal cortex is where most people have their issues with ADHD. Loss of memory, all these great things that are, you know. Yeah, planning, scheduling. Yeah, all these executive emotion. functions. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't figure out all these things. And so in the frontal lobe, I have a lesion that is similar to the same impact that ADHD folks that are born this way so there's, there are lesions in your brain caused by the multiple sclerosis, and at least one of them is in the prefrontal cortex where executive functions happen. Yes, thank you. Is that, is that right? That is exactly it. I know I said that before. You did. You did. But you know what? I'm sorry. ADHD no. brain. Sometimes it just kind of goes. Is it, it is. Okay. You can't come up with so, words. You can't, you know, you can't put, put yeah. the pieces together. Yeah. But you know it. I did know it. So... So this therapist was saying, because of the kind of work you did, you were able to basically rebuild the structure, whatever was missing. Number one, you're smart. Number two, you also had systems to fall back on that worked before, didn't you? So that would make it easier because you know what works for you. I did, but it, didn't, you it didn't necessarily work that way anymore. Okay. Um, because I wasn't born ADHD, mm -hmm. things were just easy. Like, I didn't have to think about doing the things. They just happened. And so now, you know, I would look at my schedule and I'm thinking, okay, I have a kid that needs to go to a doctor's appointment. I need to schedule a doctor's appointment. I need to work. How do all these things fit together? Am I double booking myself? You know, I have never had to use a planner before. I, I, I just remembered things. And so now it oh. actually became an effort that I had to go, oh my gosh, okay. So, you know, once my child learned to drive, I didn't have to worry about him going to appointments anymore. So that was one piece of the puzzle off of my plate. But he's also type 1 diabetic, so mm. which is where autoimmune is within family. Yeah. But all these easy things just never... You didn't think how hard you had to work in order to make things work because your brain worked in a different function. Well, I have to tell you, Amanda, for those that are born with ADHD, hearing you say that is really validating because what you're telling me is you never worried about any of this. You didn't even need a planner. You just knew where to be and when you needed to be there. I did. And that's, um, I have such an affinity for the people that, you know, I, I think, you know, in, in high school, in college, in my MBA, I didn't have to work. I really didn't. I didn't buy most of the books. You know, my husband looked at me, he goes, you bullshit your way through most of your college. Um, he's like, you can make thing that says everything and nothing at the same time. And it, it sounds great, but it doesn't say a thing. And that's what got me through. But thankfully, my only saving grace, because I still have a job, is the fact that my boss 
I had an FMLA for my MS. What's an FMLA? Family Medical Leave Act. So okay. I had a form on file that says, okay, you may have to take time off with leave without pay. You may have to take 480 hours off, paid or not paid, to mm -hmm. deal with doctor's appointments and illness and days you just can't get out of bed and others. Yeah. Thankfully, my boss had no clue that it had nothing to do with my job. And so he didn't pursue my lack of performance. But it's funny because in Alabama, it was like, you know, I was the superstar. Mm. Like I was the next one in management. I was the next one that was, you know, I knew the things. Everyone would come and ask me questions. And I move up here and I felt like such a fraud because I'm thinking, I have no clue where all of this went to. It was just like waking up one morning and going, huh, who was that chick? Because she left the building. She is not there. there I look like her. I may even sound like her, but she has, she's gone. <laughs> wow. So just figuring out how the pieces go together as I look around my office and it's like, Looks like a tornado went through. And that is not what it used to look oh, like. Oh, no. No. Like everything had a place. Everything. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't grow up learning as the, the four, five, six-year-old, you know, their mom taking them by the hands and, you know, forcing them to pick things up and put them away. And, mm -hmm. you know, I see friends and, and had children of friends that I watched them with their ADD kids and, and think, wow, I'm lucky I didn't have that problem. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> my kids were easy. But, you know, I look at it now and think, holy crap, this life would have been much easier if I would have learned all these tips and tricks and hacks and uh, things when I was younger. But you don't expect to just wake up one morning and just feel like a completely different person. Do you feel like beyond the executive function issues, beyond that, do you feel like a different person? No, but do you know how much that makes up your entire life? Yeah. I mean, it's just like you look in the mirror and that person that looks back isn't the person on the other side. Like everything behind that image is completely different. So how? This is a traumatic brain injury, right? Is that what they call? It's essentially considered a traumatic brain injury. Yes. Yeah. And so is that similar to like the football players that get CTE from getting hit in the head all the time? Yes, it is. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, how have you coped with this? Because you basically had to relearn everything, right? I had to learn the new way of everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, lots of planners. Lots of um, new ways of doing things. Uh, I probably am the best person you've ever seen at research. And maybe that's Were because of my job as like well. like that though? But, you know, I... I could probably tell you 15 different ways to categorize your to-do list in order to 
determine the best productivity. Of course, 14 of them don't work for me. But I could probably tell you which one would work best for you. And I have an entire book. Of course, you know, it's scattered across my office. But if I could get it in order, it would be a great resource for someone. Just because I guess that's the way I was wired on how to learn is just learn as much as you possibly can and then weed out the pieces that don't work. Okay, so this is my question for you. Prior to getting the multiple sclerosis diagnoses, were you always a researcher? Was that always your thing? Or is this something new that's come about since you got the ADHD and MS diagnoses? I had not thought about it. I would like to say that I've always been like this. However, I'm thinking probably not because, one, I hate to read. And we didn't really have the internet, you know, per se, like we do now when I was growing up. So I would have to say probably this is a new thing. Okay. And the reason I'm asking this is I also know you're highly creative. I know you're super crafty. And so my thought was, could it be that you were actually somewhere and, you know, on the spectrum and it was the MS that then threw you over really quickly into, you know, ADHD? Or is all the creativity and all that new? I've always been a bit crafty. Like for 15 years, I'd say I worked at a craft shop making <laughs> making <laughs> uh, cement goose clothes. Wait, what? Have you, do you guys have those in California? Have what? What are they? You see these concrete geese that people okay. put on their front porches, these old women. And they dress them up for all the holidays. Okay, no, we don't. In Florida, like yeah. the old people in Florida, uh, okay. that's where we shipped a lot. But I was the only child of my mom's sisters that sews. Uh huh. And my mom was the only one of her sisters that didn't. And so, when you think back on your childhood, are there other things that you think about because? I see the symptoms of ADHD from the time I was young, but they never got to the level where they were debilitating. Somehow I was always able to kind of wing it, sort of what you're saying. And it wasn't until perimenopause where, you know, estrogen modulates dopamine, we know that, where my estrogen levels started bouncing around. And all of a sudden, I started to really struggle, things that I had never struggled with before. And so I'm just curious if there's anything else in your childhood, like I'd love to know what kind of a kid you were. There were a few things because I was lucky enough that my mom was still alive when I was going through my ADHD testing um, because she filled out all of the paperwork. Mm. I was a very small child. I was five pounds, four ounces when I was born, less oh than my. five when I went home. A peanut. A, a very small peanut, yeah. But I was adopted at three days old. Mm -hmm. So that 
throws something else into that mix because I'm finding out now that there's somatic trauma. And I've gone to a somatic therapist, but I stopped going once the pandemic started because, you know, we stopped doing everything. Something um, else, but- Amanda. There is a 46% chance that if you're adopted, you also have ADHD. And see, that's, I'm wondering if that's, it, it's always been underlying, but it's never, I've never right. had anything. Because you're smart. And we just kind of, the other thing that you said, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not diagnosing this, but I'm just thinking like putting all the pieces together. The other thing that you said is, I just kind of winged it. And that's exactly how I felt. Somehow, and I think, you know, when you're smart enough in a book learning smart kind of way, so, you know, mathematical, logical. No street smarts at all. (laughs) But you can wing it in school, right? And so you're still pick up hitchhikers. No, Amanda. And the, and then the empathy piece, because I know how empathetic you are. But I asked them if they're going to kill me first, at least. <laughs> and the sense of humor. Yeah. My mom about shot me one day when I did that. What? you? How did she she's know? Like, you, how did you? Because I told her I was late. I was late. And she's like, uh-huh. why are you so late? I said, because I picked up a hitchhiker. She goes, oh, my God, he could have killed you. I said, no, I asked him if he was going to kill me before I picked him up and put him in the car. And okay, she you just said another thing. Okay, go on. Even Sorry. if he doesn't, didn't have the idea, you just put it in his head. <laughs> thought work, thought work, mom. Um, so, okay, another thing. How were you with time? I used to be really great. Ah, okay. You were just late that one time. Well, yeah, because, you know, I took him out of the way, actually, because he was making his way across the country. And so I took him a little farther so he wouldn't have to Mm -hmm. walk as far. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. I felt bad for him. Well, we always do, right? (laughs) So they're going to kill us. (laughs) And he said no. So, of course, he told the truth. Right. So, clearly... Your, your life has been basically turned on its head and you've had to find new ways to forge forward and to move your life in the direction that you want it to go in. What are some of the resources um, that you've employed? Like what has helped you the most? Because that must be an incredible shock, you know, just literally getting on so well, not having a care in the world and then having this thrown on you. Thankfully, um, I would have to say my husband is one of the most supportive people I've ever met in my life. I don't know if I could honestly be so gracious living in the mess that I've created if someone else created it. Like, I probably would be looking at him right now going, dude, get your crap together. Like... I don't know what you got up in here, but just fix it. Like, put it in the box, put it put it on the wall, just deal mm. with it. You know, I don't put my laundry away. I basket surf. I don't know what the aversion is. What is basket surf? You just leave it in the laundry basket. <laughs> and you just get your clothes out of it that way. I've never heard that term before. <laughs> I think... So my ex used to call it Amanda Eve. So <laughs> Amanda I have terms Eve. that I come up with that 
Okay, wait, but you just said something. Your ex used to call it Manda-ease. So were you doing that with your ex too? No, I just always have a weird, I've always had a weird spin to myself. Just like the, you can't make a table back into a tree. Oh my God, I love that phrase. You can't make a table back into a tree. So are you saying that you've always been very unique and kind of um, beat to your own drum? Yes. Oh, well, that sounds kind of ADHD, don't you think? It does. (laughs) But I don't know if it's just because my mom was so meek and mild. Because it definitely wasn't the raising of me that created it. But but there's just this flair. Uh Uh-huh. But you know through AOK that... It doesn't matter what your mom was, right? Right. We're born the way we are. So I'm sure even as a five pound peanut, you came out kicking and screaming and this is the Amanda show. <laughs> Actually, I was caught before I hit the floor because they told my mom she, that she had, you know, a couple more hours. Oh, so, my yeah. gosh. Oh my my gosh. grandmother caught me before I hit the floor. You don't even follow those rules. Nope. Hmm. I don't know. It sounded like at least you were somewhere on the spectrum. Oh, I have to be on some kind of spectrum. (laughs) You know, what I love about you is, again, your tenacity, but also just the positive emotion that somehow, given all of what you're going through, you're still able to see the best in the experience. Like, how are you even like that? I think because of my mom. So my mom had her first brain surgery when I was a senior in high school. So she had Chiari malformation, which is your brain is too big for your skull. Oh. So the brain stem is actually down in the spinal column. Mm -hmm. This woman, you talk about a peanut, she was full term, three pounds, two ounces. (laughs) But this little firecracker she would not let anything hold her down. And I really think that without her, I would not be where or what I was today. Okay. But can I ask you, that doesn't, that doesn't square with the mom that you said was really meek and really mild. She's one of those that she could, she had this. So she was four foot nine. (laughs) She had a 38 eye chest and never had a baby. (laughs) she was the smallest little thing but she could look at you and she had this little smile that just looked like a what's that lady's name from uh the exorcist no poltergeist i don't know i just know linda Blair. but she had just the sweetest little smile and she could cut you to the quick never cuss never raise her voice but you felt about an inch tall. Okay, so I don't consider that meek. I mean, I consider that actually very strong. It is, but just to look at her, you wouldn't expect. Ah, okay. You wouldn't expect that out of that package. Okay. Sorry, I have. I actually have a wall of pictures of her that I'm looking at, and it's just so funny just thinking that, you know, she just was the grandma that everybody loved, the person that everybody loved. And, you know, she was just such a sweet little thing. But, man, 
you cross her. But she was a fighter. She wouldn't complain. But it was always, no, it'll get better. I'm not dead yet. (laughs) You know, she just always just had this little panache about it of, you know, eh, devil ain't done with me yet. So she was totally optimistic. And she was either learned that or it was something that is also innate in you. Maybe both. (laughs) I don't know, because her none of her other family was like that. Like she was the youngest. She was the the little, you know, three pound, two ounce child that should not have survived a year. Um, My dad was very negative. Everything Mm. and everyone was always out to get him. But she was just always the, you know, this too shall pass. Don't worry about it. Guess what? Tomorrow's a different day. Just pull up your bootstraps. You know, you make it what it is. Life gifted lemons. Definitely make a margarita. Add Tito's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she um, she was really encouraging, too. She was. Yeah. You know, she said the only thing she ever wanted to be was a mom. And she did it well. So, yeah. But I'm sure I could probably be at some sort of on the spectrum. But definitely in 2017, it just all kind of the the castle fell around and the princess was now a toad. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. The princess just became more of... Yeah. No, but you're not a toad. I know that about you. So I'm curious. You have all these new challenges. I'd like to know, where did you start as far as trying to rebuild your life? Like, what was the foundation? Where did you, because I think that would really help our listeners. So I had started researching. I did an audit of a place that was doing Alzheimer's care, and they had a memory unit. And so after, after my audit was done, you know, I waited my six months and I went back and I said, Hey, I have a question. And so I started asking, you know, what type of therapy they use, what type of, and I think the interesting part is that they also had a daycare. Mm -hmm. So the daycare and the memory and the Alzheimer unit were together. So the older people would go work with the younger ones. Because they said that they were about the same mentality. Mm. And so these older folks would help these little kids from the daycare. And they used what they called CRT. So um, cognitive rehabilitative therapy. Okay. Which was part of that is is using the, the little kids to help them get their their mobile dexterity back to get them to understand that, hey, if the kids can follow directions, you can follow directions. If the kids can do this, the adults can do this. I also suspect that the kids provided a lot of positive emotion. Exactly. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest things they were missing was sitting in a room all day in gray and drab. And so they started decorating the um, Alzheimer's unit the same as they did 
to get the daycare. Mm. And so there's just like this entire industry that has started gravitating from this. The guy that started it was a, he used to be a pharmacist and he went into uh, nursing homes. So he builds these nursing homes. The staff actually have their kids at the daycare. Yep. So, I've read this. Yes. Colleges um, too, right? Where they're starting to do like college dormitories and right next to the college dormitory will be a place for um, older adults. And they're also using music. Mm. And so what did that teach you? Like, how did you use that? I use their resources because um, Ohio has OSU, Ohio State University, which also has the, the teaching hospital. They get a lot of their employees and tuition reimbursement folks that come in from the hospital. And so I actually interviewed them to come up with, there's a uh, memory institute, I think they call it. So they deal with Alzheimer's, dementia, other types of memory loss, TBI, uh, mm -hmm. football, head trauma, which, mm -hmm. you know, they use hedgehogs to develop different kinds of helmets because hedgehogs' uh, spines are very forgiving. And so they've created these helmets in Akron, Ohio, that cushion the brain so that when football players are hit, the helmets give like a, a hedgehog exterior or echoskeleton would do. Oh my gosh. And is so, that how you got into hedgehogs? It's not, but I learned that when I, it's like, <laughs> that's crazy. It, it's one of these things that things just come up. It's too weird to be a coincidence. Yeah. You know, it's like the universe is telling you something. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with uh, OSU to try to get into their program with CRT. But the interesting part was my eighty, my Adderall actually worked well enough that I didn't qualify. Mm. So, which I, I'm kind of thankful that I'm not that bad off. Right. Because, you know, people who have been in car accidents or, you know, have had brain tumors or anything like this, you know, they're not only are they doing occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, you know, relearning to walk eat, you know, this memory and functioning, executive functioning piece is also part of their, their therapy, just to get them to be able to live unregulated in general population again. Right. So what did you take from that experience then? And how did you apply it? One, to be thankful <laughs> that, you know, I'm not in that situation and I hope never to have to use any of their services, but it's just really interesting to see exactly how the brain works mm -hmm. and that your thoughts really do impact. I notice when my, my depression is worse, my ADHD is worse. Totally. When my thoughts are negative, you know, things are worse. Yeah. And so you just seem worse. 
and between AOK and I've worked with, you know, Dr. Christine Lee and. It's wonderful. Yes. And really the CBT was really not conducive just because, you know, with chronic illness, somebody telling you that you should just talk yourself into getting up and making the bed doesn't work. And the, the lady that I worked with, with the CBT, just, she just didn't understand the difference between exhaustion, fatigue, and just being tired. With MS, it does affect your body. It affects your muscles. You know, heat is horrible. There are times when, you know, my husband has to help me up the stairs because I just get too weak that I can't, you know, walk on my own. And you want me to five, four, three, two, one, get my butt out of bed. Mm. Mm, no, ma'am, that's not going to work. But I have noticed that the more I keep my depression under control, the more the ADHD is under control, the more the MS is under control, and the more outlook of life is under control. You know, it's, it is the can't make a table back into a tree. Once you, once you have that insight into your head, like, oh my gosh, I, me, I control this. Like, this is my job. Uh, you can't unlearn that. So tell me, what is the difference, Amanda, between what they were telling you to do with cognitive behavioral therapy and what you're doing now with more, I guess, what, mindfulness and thought work? Is it that you're kinder to yourself as well as setting intentions? I think it is. It's, it's, not, it's just this, you know, I'm not punishing myself for not getting up and making the bed. It's, you know, it's okay. You need rest. It's okay. Yeah. You know, don't, don't say should. Should is a punishment. Mm-hmm. I would like to get up and, and make the bed, but my body says it needs some time. It's okay. It'll be there tomorrow. And before that, I would just look at it and go, oh my God, you're so lazy. You know, oh. I kind of look at it as I would never look at my kids and I would never look at my dog and say, you are so stupid and worthless. So why am I talking to myself like that? Yeah. And it's so interesting that that little shift then translates into how you feel generally and the fact that when you feel good, when you don't feel depressed, everything works better. Your brain for your ADHD, but also for the multiple sclerosis. It's an absolute game changer. Yeah. And I would have thought if you would have told me that beforehand, I would have told you you were crazy. Oh, surely that, that can't be the case, but it really is. I mean, if your dog was hurting or, you know, your spouse, oh, come on, you're just faking it. Uh, you surely you can get up and do that. Why would I talk to myself like that? Amanda, did you talk to yourself like that before? The multiple sclerosis? I did. I've always done that. Ah. Okay. So it got even worse, though. It did. It, and I think it's once you become a mom, you know, it's so much more things to do, so much more mm-hmm. responsibility, so much more of taking care of, you know, you always come last. 
And so it was constantly the push. Do the laundry, do the things, do the, do the work, do the husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, but it was one of those, <laughs> you know, it's cute. You, you have all these other things and you're like, really? You know, if your kid was sick, you wouldn't tell him to get up and go to school. So why mm. are you forcing yourself to get up and go to work? Let it rest. You know, our bodies need, we're just so punishing. But I don't know if that's a societal thing. Well, and especially to women, right? Right. I mean, I honestly think that, it, I don't think, I know that is why ADHD women struggle so much more than ADHD men, because we've got everything else that the men are dealing with. And then on top of it, we have all these social rules and structures that we're supposed to be, you know, um, and we within. have to do it backwards. It heals. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't that what Grace Kelly said? You know? Yes. Not only did I, think, I have to do the thing, same thing, I have to do it backwards. Ginger Rogers. And it heals. Ginger yeah. Rogers, yes. Yeah. Was there anything else that you've learned? Social media sucks. <laughs> okay, tell us why. Just because I think it, I look at the younger generation and just how they're coming up and just. Meanwhile, so, you're 32. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh -huh. But it's just so much demand, so much comparison, so much mm. expectation. I agree. And so much mental health challenges because of all this, yes. right? I mean, if you look at what's going on with kids today, yes. I mean, what else could it be? I, it's a huge, it's a huge part of it. Now, I remember we talked one time, I don't know, do you work with an occupational therapist that actually will strategize with you about how to make things easier? I know that we talked about, um, maybe this was a, a Christine Lee thing though. It was a Christine Lee thing. If you don't know Christine Lee, she's absolutely worth a follow. She is known as the procrastination coach on Instagram. She's a psychologist who specializes in thought work. She understands the ADHD brain, and she's a good friend of mine. I adore her. I can't remember what you guys were talking about, but there was stuff on the floor, and you're like, I can't even get the stuff on the floor. So strategizing, well, how can I make this easier for myself? One of the things was, you know, she's like, okay, so you need to declutter, but, you know, if you can't walk across the floor, it's really a hazard. And that seems to be where the one place I put things, which seems really obvious. But the first time I, I talked to her, I'm like, well, duh. And it did never even like crossed my mind. Like how hazardous is that? So sometimes it really does take somebody from the outside um, I worked a lot with my mom because she was disabled, you know, from my senior year on, she was disabled. So every time, you know, she bought a piece of furniture, every time she bought shoes, I went with her because our feet were the same size. So I would buy them because she couldn't feel her feet. So I would put them on and wear them around to make sure they weren't going to hurt her. And mm -hmm. so I would look at her house the same way. Like, mom, why are you putting this here? You're going to trip over the cord. But I didn't look at my own house the same way. So it took kind of Christine just looking at me and going, girl, why? To go, oh. So I have started once a month. I, I have it on my calendar. I go at the front door and I walk in 
and I just try to look at my house like if I was buying it or if I was looking at it for my mom and go, Uh okay, stuff needs to be moved out of the hallway. Oh, shush. Alexa? Yes. Um, No, mine just went on. (laughs) What is in my way? You know, why am I doing this? And so with Christine's help, when my son comes home from college, 30 minutes a day, he helps me. He is my hands and my arms and my legs. So if I need something moved 30 minutes a day, I can say, take this here. And that's what happens. My husband takes his, his absence. So 30 minutes a day, if I need something moved, like we have a timer <laughs> and, you know, he'll take, you know, what do you need? Can you take this here? Can you take this here? And so slowly I'm getting things out of my way. But it took somebody else looking in my snow globe to go, yeah, duh. And so, you know, I've made that commitment to once a month, just coming in and looking at it independently and going, okay, so if you were going to consult someone, what would you tell them to do? So you have basically created a plan, but then beyond that, you're also asking for help. And it sounds like you're asking for help in a concentrated amount of time. So it's not like you're constantly saying, move this, do this, do that throughout the days and weeks. What you're doing is literally saying, okay, we're going to do it all at one time. And you're going to do it with me. You're going to do it for me, basically. Yes. And that was one of the biggest things because I would kill myself to do something on my own rather Mm -hmm. than ask somebody for help. Ah. And that was one of the things through Christine is... You need to break down the blocks. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest block? Mine was asking for help. I made the mess. My responsibility to clean it up. My responsibility to take it to the basement or the garage or to the curb or to the recycle center, whatever. Um, And she's like, but why? (laughs) And you had never considered the why. I had never considered the why. Like, oh, She's like, do they love you? Are they going to tell you no? They know this is probably, you know, they've thought that it's a a detriment to have things on the floor if you're trying to walk through there. Well, and then even beyond that, they probably don't want it on the floor, right? Because it doesn't look good. But then beyond that, yes, it is a detriment or it's, you know, it's dangerous to have it on the floor. But then also you've got to bend down to pick it up when you want it. Right. So it's just this, you know, this mind foo-foo that like, seriously, I'm pretty intelligent and I couldn't figure this out. Mm. But it, it came from this, I'm the one who made the mess. I am always the one who cleans this up. This is my job. Right. And the mm. fact that I always hated asking for help. That's probably another thing I got from my mama. Uh-huh. Because whenever I would go and I would say, can I provide assistance? And one day I caught my son asking her that and she just giggled. She would just giggle like a little schoolgirl. And I said, what is so funny? She goes, assistance. And I said, what? She's like, it's a funny word. She's like, you don't say help. And I said, no, because that gives you the idea that you're incapable. Mm. And she's like, I know. 
She's like, you think. She's like, you don't realize you're thinking without thinking. She's like, you knew the word help would immediately, I would immediately put my hand up and say, no, I can do it. Mm -hmm. But you always ask if I could be of assistance or can I assist you? Mm. She's like, that word versus help makes all the difference in the world. She said, I've never told you that. She's like, but when your son started, you know, my gr her grandson started saying it, she's like, I just giggled because he has no clue and neither did you. And she's like, I just watch you in awe of you don't even realize you're helping. Oh. And so really all the words we use are just so important. Well, and I think they're especially important to our ADHD brains. And I see this a lot, again, in AOK, -okay, where, you know, when we go through values, we go through at least 200 values. And women all the time say, and that's not even enough, because a lot of women add their own values. And they ask me all the time, well, why do we have to go through 200? This is ridiculous. Because we are creatures of specificity. And so words are especially important to us. And if we can't relate to a word, you know, like your mom just could not deal with the word help, but she felt much more comfortable when people would say, can I assist you? <laughs> that sounded right. like, you know, less of you saying, oh my God, she's not capable. Right. And she needs and it to was, feel It capable. was a joint, you know, it was a joint uh -huh. effort. You know, yeah. you and I do it together. Ah, okay. Okay. So she gets to tell you what to do and you guys do it. Right. That's how things work. Essentially, I know. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think the key to living successfully with ADHD is? Don't live by other people's definitions. Make your own waves and ride them. So what do you mean by that? So I look at all these people out there that, you know, have, you know, figure out what works for you. Just because it worked mm, for your neighbor doesn't okay. mean it works for your head. One of the biggest things is, you know, going through just looking up to-do lists, you're going to find 18 different ways of doing a to-do list. You might have to go through 15 to get through. You might have to go through 18 to figure out. You might create your own 19. Yeah. But, you know, we're not all made the same. Neurotypicals, I can honestly say, probably are in those first, you know, one or two to-do lists because you kind of do everything the same way. But ADHD brains are so diverse and divergent that, you know, just because the puzzle fits together doesn't mean we all put it together the same way. What do you love about your new brain? What's different? Just the way I look at things. I had a friend look at me the other day. I, I can't remember the comment I said, but she just looked at me and she goes, how did you come up with that? She's like, that's brilliant. And I said, what's brilliant? She's like, just the way you look at it. She's like, I never would have seen that. Hmm. She said, but now that you say it, I can't unsee it. So do you think that that would have been different the way you saw it before? Than I you don't see think it I, I, I think I would have seen it the same way she did. Ah, okay. Well, that's inspiring. I was just, uh, last night I watched the movie. It's a documentary called The Disruptor. And it really is all about what we speak about here. You know, 
focusing on the strengths. And yes, you've got weaknesses, but oh my gosh, you have such amazing strengths. And you're basically illustrating that by saying that you wouldn't have looked at it that way. You would have seen it the way she saw it, but now you actually do see it differently. Yeah. I don't think my brain would have ever come up with the, you can't make a table back into a tree. I love that phrase. Yeah. Well, but it's, but it is true. I just look at it and say so many times we, you know, you can, you know, you can't make a cookie back into dough. You probably could mm-hmm. by adding you know, more stuff, but there Ew. are things you can actually make back into the original form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just can't go back from once you came. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's, it's the butterfly. There's so many caterpillars out there. Why be a caterpillar? And I think that's kind of the difference between ADHD and non-ADHD is, you know, I used to be a caterpillar. There's lots of caterpillars. Mm. They kind of all look the same. But man, mm-hmm. the butterflies, just the colors and the spectrum and the just all the different things. They can fly. They cannot fly. They can crawl. Yeah. They can do all kinds of things. And besides, when you're in the garden and you come across a caterpillar, you're like, ew, versus you come across a butterfly and you're always in awe, right? It just kind of lifts you up. Yeah. But they're both the same thing, essentially. I love it. Before I let you go, I want to hear about your hedgehogs. How in the world do you start? How many do you have now? Three? Three. I've never known anybody who's had a hedgehog. So what led to this acquisition of hedgehogs? See how well these are real hedgehogs, by the way. What? Yes, Widia, Widia's here. See how well Widia. (laughs) Her name's actually what? Fat Lydia. Fat Lydia. Yes, because Fat Amy was taken. She's been sitting on my lap. They also go to the office with me, one every week. Uh huh. They get to be the pokey pig of the day. Yeah. So, when I was in high school, there was an exotic pet shop in our little town and the guy that owned it lived beside my aunt that is the first place i ever saw a hedgehog and i've wanted one since i was in like middle school high school Mm. my mom's like heck no you are not getting a hedgehog so i didn't get one but i came across one on facebook marketplace what you doing with (laughs) y'all and so i went and got her and so now I'm, you know, poor, poor Anna, you know, made her way into hedgy heaven. But no. they're just kind of like me. You know, you don't expect to walk into Walmart and see somebody carrying a hedgehog. Because <laughs> guess what? They go to Walmart and they go to Ace oh, oh my God. and they go to the Dollar Tree. They went to the neurologist last week. <laughs> oh, yes. Girl, you know me. I'm certain that they are conversation pieces. They are conversation pieces. And you know, I'm like all over that. Well, Amanda, you are just so lovely. And I am wondering if people want to find you and know more about you, where can they do that? Uh, Dandy Lion, D-A-N-D-Y-L-I-O-N underscore wishes. And that's Instagram. Is that it? It is. 
Yeah. So it's dandelion underscore wishes. And that is on Instagram. Yes, ma'am. Amanda, thank you so much for spending some time with us here today and talking about your experiences. I just so appreciate you and I appreciate your coming in and spending time with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. So that's what I have for you for this week. If you like this episode with Amanda, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And you know what? Your reviews really help. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Come join me over at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.